Hey, what's up? And welcome. You're listening to Sneak Up on the Pedestrian Podcast Network. Proudly brought to you by Platypus Shoes. Sneak Up will keep you in the know across things like music, art, dance, and all-round culture. There's little thoughts that sneak up in your brain. We're going to chat about them. My name is Jack, your host and avatar for all these epic conversations we're set to have together. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Kait and Triple One about the changing landscape of Australian hip-hop. Kate's all about supporting circles of minority creatives, and Triple One wonders if the landscape has ever really changed. What better time or place to hear all of it than right here? To kick things off, we're going to be chatting with Pedestrian's music editor, Courtney Fry, to give us a bit of a background on Kate. Courtney, hello. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good, good. So Kate is, you know, she's been touted again and again as kind of the, the future of soul and R&B in Australia. Oof. Oof, I know, it's, it's, a big, it's a big mantle to hold. But, and she's 20 years old. She's a singer-songwriter from Melbourne who really draws influence from people like Erica Badu, Amy Winehouse, Cesar, um, and Lauren Hill. So if you can kind of imagine that in your mind and just what that would sound like, that's pretty much Kate. It's <laughs> very impressive. Um, so she's got like this really soft solid groove I was listening to it just before that it kind of comes through and it's like I was like listening to it and writing at the same time and I'm like it's like if you are pouring honey onto your breakfast it's like that really syrupy hazy warm vibe with a bit of sweetness um and you can kind of imagine yourself jamming to it on a warm afternoon with your friends Mm. um big vibes big vibes big vibes uh, really similar to kind of bass-driven funk artists like Kali Uchis and Mojo Jujo, I mm-hmm. find. Uh, she's carving out, uh, definitely carving out a space in the kind of soulful hip-hop corner where a lot of really strong women are taking up space, which is really important, um, especially as things are kind of shifting in the music scene and women and, and non-male identifying people are really stepping up and being like, no, we deserve to take up space here. Um and it's deserved. It is. It really is. So, Kai released live from her room in September of last year, in 2018. Uh, and she's essentially, like, opened the door to her bedroom. And it's, like, a really sacred space where she feels really at home. And, and it's a place where she can really, truly be herself. Um, and she, you know, is like, I want people to take that feeling and put it in their own secret, like, sacred space. Um, and the journey kind of the journey of the EP kind of explores all the different relationships that you navigate, especially in like your, you know, late teens to early twenties. So you're looking at like crushes, um, romantic relationships, friendships, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and the power of women supporting each other. So it's almost kind of like a series of anthems for every connection that you have in your life Cool. and really kind of breaking it down in a place where you feel most comfortable. Can't wait to hear what she has to say. I'm here with Kait. Hello, What's Kait. Up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, we're here to talk today basically about a whole bunch of different things, but mm. at the core of it, obviously, as you might have guessed, is music. Yes. Duh. Cool. Um, so, I guess for people that don't really know you, can you give us like a bit of a rundown on your experience of your own music and your own musical career up until this point? Like a, a brief history. Yes. Of sorts. Um, <laughs> I've always enjoyed singing. I, well, I guess I'm an artist based in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I've always loved singing and just like creating and expressing myself creatively. And um, 
Yeah, when I was in like high school, I started like a hip hop mentoring program. I didn't start it, <laughs> but I I was like going and being a participant. So doing that and then just being exposed to more of the the Melbourne music scene and through that just met some really cool people that have helped me and still are helping me with just doing my thing and giving me platform and space to do my thing and here we are here we are <laughs> do you think there was like a moment over the course of your career like the entire time of making music up until this point where it kicked into another gear mm yeah or is it just kept going at the same rate the whole time would you say um it's it's happening how it's meant to whatever that means <laughs> <laughs> but um when it really kicked to me that like this is something that I I want to take seriously and take myself seriously too cuz I feel like it's as creatives we can tend to not take ourselves seriously or as a career or profession and yeah i've even got like homies and you know they love taking photographs and um just like creating art and and all kinds of beautiful things but they don't take themselves seriously enough to i don't know like do it like for real for real right so it got to a point where i was like doing performances like in spaces um there was even just like open mics that I would do with a Melbourne based DJ name is Risk. So every Tuesday I'd be coming through the spot and just like performing and people were vibing and coming through and by the end of it like things were getting like packed and people were knowing words to my songs before they were even released. Wow. Yeah, so that was really cool. <laughs> but but when <laughs> when that hit I was just like and just when connecting with people after shows and like telling me how they appreciate me and like the words that I write mm. and they feel that and so just hearing that gave me strength <laughs> and gave me belief more belief in myself than I'd ever had to be like I let's do it and so I've just had beautiful support and love especially Momo who's my um who being my manager who <laughs> still is mm. and um mentor and i guess engineer he he produces majority of my things as well now <laughs> cool and so do you think that like you kicking it into that next step where you started to take it more seriously was just like up until that point you thought it was more of just a hobby would you say I don't even felt like I thought that deeply about. It. I was just oh, really? like, just I'm happened? just, I'm just doing this. This is, this, is, this feels good. Yeah. This is feeding me, and yeah. <laughs> and here we are. That's the yep. most natural progression thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, and now I want to get more into sort of like how I think, like generally, the topic of this episode is more about like a changing thought around hip hop and how hip hop in Australia is changing. How do you think that your heritage has impacted the way that you approach creating your music? Mm. Usually when people are like asking me about, you know, like what what parts of you, you know, do you express like being that you're from Papua New Guinea, like you're representing. It's like whether I try to or not, that's just me. I, I have, you know, all that in me. So however I express myself that's just 
I'm still representing it, but the fact of like having representation, like especially growing up, I I did not have people that looked like me anyway who I was listening to. So do you think with your New Guinean heritage, do you think that like do you think about that consciously while you're making your music? No. But I I always want to make sure that I'm representing that. And like I was saying, whether I'm showing it or not, whether it's like, I don't know, like a Billum, um, one of these bags. Mm-hmm. It's like a string bag that the, the women make. Um, even if I'm rocking that or like some PNG jewellery or, or nothing at all, I'm, I feel like I'm still representing it. Because... Mm-hmm. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think that it's like you're not trying to actively do it, but it's just such a part of who you are that it's difficult for you to sort of separate it from every other part of who you are? Yeah, like that's it's it's literally my blood. So whether you're seeing me rocking something or not, I'm mm. still I still feel like I'm representing Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. I'm going to go into some more history stuff here as well. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with the Art Centre Melbourne's Dig Deep program? Yes, that has been such a big part of my life, which I didn't realize it would be. Um, Yeah, the space is just, like I said, at the channel Mm -hmm. (laughs) through Art Centre Melbourne. And it's just for youth from like 14 to, to 25 or something. And there's a whole bunch of mentors there. So when I was going there, it was Momo from Diafrix, Mantra, Melbourne MC, um, Hayley Kramer, Soul Singer. <laughs> <laughs> and there'd be like other people coming through. And my dad brought me to this program. And when we went, I had no idea what it was. He was like, yeah, I think, I think you'll like this, this thing. And I'm like, what thing? So I went in and I had no idea what was going on. And there was just like a whole bunch of youngins like creating beats and there was a recording studio and we were just like had all this space to to create and express ourselves freely. And it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. And even just like being in the city, because I've, I grew up, well, I live in the southeast of Melbourne, so... I was trying to get out of there. <laughs> Definitely trying to get out of there. And um, I don't know. I just caught the city bug. As soon as I finished school, I just wanted to go into the city and get changed in the train station toilets and <laughs> wear whatever I wanted to and, and, and felt good doing that because, um, yeah, I yeah, I would wear some things that people were like, hmm. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Not really Southeast vibe. Not very Supre, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you um? Why do you think that programs like that are so important? It's important because it's it's giving opportunity and platform and space for people to to be free and, like I said, express themselves freely and believe in themselves. Have people that are that are helping them. I feel like. Not I feel, I know. <laughs> I know that um, being a creative... <laughs> I don't know, it's funny because both of my parents are artists. Um, 
and they always they've always known that I've loved to sing but my father was always just some type of way about like me being a singer though mm-hmm. he'd be like no I don't want you to have anything to do with the arts he was like I've been struggling I don't want you to struggle like I did and I was like yeah nah okay. like I, I no, feel thanks, you though. and I'm thank you but <laughs> I'm gonna be broke I want that broke nah mm. <laughs> 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 yeah I I definitely feel it so maybe people who aren't really getting support where where maybe they should be or feel like they should be or not getting support at all and going into like almost just like a hub of of what turns i feel just turns into like family because you're seeing each other every week and yo like look at this track that i worked on yo these bars are fire and just like sharing and you know working with each other and i think it's so important and like the the melbourne music scene i feel like mad tight well with with the parts that i was like intertwined in any way with doing that so there's always new peeps coming through and um even just like older people you know that have been in the scene for a while and just coming in and telling the kiddies what's good (laughs) giving their two cents yeah yeah it's so so special all right it's that time again we are back to soulmates this time we're doing it with kait I see that you're wearing a pair of Reeboks here. <laughs> what are these? These are crazy looking. Honestly, I just saw them in store and I was like, these look like pillows for your feet. They look so comfortable and they are. They look it. Oh, they're so lovely. Yeah. I These are my first pair of Reeboks ever. Like, usually when I think of Reeboks, I think of like, like that, um, like the runner kind of vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like... I will not look cute with some runners. <laughs> no, but sneakers. I love sneakers. Sort of either lately, what have I been rocking? Reeboks, definitely. Honestly, I've been rocking slides most of the time because it's hot as shit. In general, I'd say that the Australian hip-hop scene, as we said before, has become much more diverse. How important is it to you that we acknowledge and support an inclusive scene? mm I think it's so important and I'm I'm just like constantly thinking of, thinking about the next generation and they're literally our future like <laughs> legit and that scares me but that's that's also amazing as mm. well because it they're just going to like go like above and beyond like even when like youngins are coming to shows and they're like you're like you're just like yeah i'm like nah like you just wait like i'm I'm excited for all of you you just like yeah yeah like you you're gonna <laughs> skyrocket above me and beyond and and do great 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 things and i'm I'm so excited to see that and just uh, even just like talking like from like personal experience having having people that you can look up to that you feel represented in and people that are doing things that you do or that you want to do or that you like doing and you're represented by people that are looking like you and have, I don't know, on that same, whether it's the same mind tip or 
even just like culturally, I, I was so culturally like embarrassed when I was younger about you know, my background and not that there's anything wrong with it. It's the most beautiful thing ever. But growing up in the Southeast and, you know, majority white people and not, not seeing it for myself, not seeing like mirrors of me, maybe like emotionally and in other ways mentally, but physically I did not. So I felt like I don't know, maybe some people might feel like, oh, this this isn't my space then, or, or maybe this isn't something that, that I can do. And I think that's why it's so important being able to see yourself in people that are doing cool things and having purpose to it. That was great. Where do you hope to see yourself in the next year, do you think? I know that's a big question. It is. I feel like i got to ask. Uh-huh. I I see myself loving myself more, giving myself less pressure, <laughs> um, creating because I want to create, not because someone's asking me to. Um, comfortable, comfortable with myself. I feel like it's whatever whatever happens with like my position as as an artist. Um, or how it's seen in like a public. Oh, did you hear that? Mm. That was a fat one. <laughs> um, <laughs> like how the like the public eye and the public perception of of Kaid and of me as an artist. Um, I don't feel like that's what I'm trying to work on. Like like trying to work on hard I just need to like look after myself and and my my energy and my 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 third eye and mm. <laughs> and just align my chakras bro and <laughs> just like really really love myself so okay this is your perfect opportunity to give me someone that you really want to shout out on the show someone that you think is doing really good you can tell us what's going on with them why we should be listening to them or looking at them or following them the floor is yours a big beautiful hug and shout out to francois tunes that's the homie though um he's so talented like i like he nice with it but and i probably won't tell him because he'll get a big head but He's so talented. Like, he raps, he sings. He's doing, like, a little modeling, like a little side-side something. Mm. <laughs> cool. I'm into that. Sweet. Well, that's it. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been thank such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back for our interview with Triple One in just a moment. For now, though, here's a word from our sponsor. All we ever hear is be them, do that, want this, act different. But what if all it took was trusting the way you do things? You're listening to Sneak Up, a Platypus Shoes podcast for the kinds of people that do things their own way. Oh, that was great. Now, ahead of chatting with Triple One, we're back with Courtney. Courtney, can you give us a bit of a rundown on who they are and what they're all about? 
Yeah, so Triple One are a, uh, a four-piece that kind of started in the inner west of Sydney. Uh, it's made up of three MCs and a DJ, so uh, Billy, and then there's Marty, Obi, and Dijon. Um, and they also have – I've noticed in a couple of uh, interviews that they've done that they just called Dijon the condiment of the group, <laughs> which I love. Um, they released their second EP, The Naughty Corner, last year, uh, really rounded out a huge 2018 for them and kind of capped it all off by supporting YG on his national tour. Huge. And then they've come into 2019 like really strongly. Um, they played Falls Festival and then they released their first track of the year, Jitter, mm-hmm. on the 11th of the 1st and 11th January, which they've coined as Triple One Day. Of course. <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and then, yeah, they just have kind of not stopped ever since that. So they supported Smoker Perp on his first Aussie tour. They dropped their headlining spot on the official Laneway after party in Sydney. Blongos and like... <sighs> The rest of the Naughty Corner EP, I found it had like some vocals that are really quite reminiscent of Childish Gambino in like his camp era as well mm-hmm. from like 2011. So, yeah, it's really cool. And they're, they're really going hard on making sure that they're bringing a lot of diversity to Australian hip hop, which I think is really important mm-hmm. uh, um, and something that we're seeing happen more and more, which is great. It's amazing. More of it, please. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for those insights, Courtney. We'll be back to chat with you a little later in the podcast. So, welcome to the podcast, guys. I am here talking to Marty and Dom from Triple One. So, I guess, um, you know, you guys have been making music for a good long while now. I think probably the best way to start this off would to be to get like a bit of a rundown on how you've been making music over the entirety of the time that you've been doing your thing. Yeah, I guess, yeah, with the more success we had online, the more we were like, oh, this could be a thing. So... Like, I guess it snowballed a bit, hey? Yeah, it snowballed over. Like, it just started in, like, our friend, oh, Bill, Bill's garage, just, like, just chilling and, like, going there, like, twice a week at night time, like, two years ago. And then, yeah, it just, like, started getting bigger and bigger every time, and we're like, oh, we should take this seriously, and then we just, like, dropped everything, and then, like, started doing it, like, more intensely, because we felt like it's something that we, we had the opportunity to put time into, so like a lot better to actually like try it out and not like waste the opportunity type thing so so when you guys first started it was just sort of like a like hey let's make music together yeah, or was, was r- there one experience in particular that made you think hey we should try to do this yeah i think it was like a gradual thing but like the more you do something the more you realize how much like you love it and then like you just get like hooked on like the feeling like of like creating new things and stuff and then you just want to make better stuff and that's the thing as well like every time you release something you want to like top it like so it's like that pressure as well to get better and better so I guess that's a factor as well competition with yourself type yeah. thing mm. and everyone else in the band yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. you guys definitely <laughs> do seem to have a bit of competition with each other yeah. <laughs> friendly yeah Friendly, yeah. Why do you think, like, I think it's safe to say that, like, Australian hip-hop in the last couple of years has definitely become a lot more easily digestible overseas, you know, gone are the days of, you know, Hilltop Woods being the the main people involved, and it's definitely sounding a lot more different now. Why do you think that it's become more easily digestible for people overseas? Like, you guys have a really big audience, and I remember you guys had a huge following in Mexico for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that was just, like, because we were released on an international platform, so... I honestly don't think people overseas like tap into Aussie hip hop that much just because they don't know it exists. So maybe that's a big reason, but because we were released on a starry, like that really helped us out. But I don't know if like our sounds any more digestible than like other artists here. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. But again, I guess that could just be said that music is so much more easily accessible now. Yeah. So yeah. That's more just a, a case of that. Yeah, and probably like Bill's production style at the time was quite like on trend 
with like what was going on. Yeah, it's quite so, fitting with like what was actually popping off like overseas and stuff, like yeah. all that little peep stuff and like all stuff like that. So like everyone could kind of like get along with it easier than like the classic Australian like ochre rap type thing. So mm. yeah. I'd say. In general, again, the scene has become a lot more diverse. Like, we're seeing a lot of people from different cultures and heritages entering into the scene and telling their own stories. How important is it, do you think, that we acknowledge and support a scene which is really inclusive? Yeah, I think, like, it's always been pretty inclusive. Like, like there's been, like, rappers like Briggs and, like, Sky High, like, always been around. But, like, I guess, like, now it's more, like, on trend to, like, support that kind of thing. But there's always been, like, artists from different heritages and backgrounds like at it from horror show he's been in the game for like over 10 years now and been at the top of it as well so i feel like it's always been around but it's more in the public eye and it's like something that should be in the public eye but i feel like as far as like oz hip-hop i don't think there was never an openness to like different um heritages do you think then it's also like those artists coming out and talk like it's more of a talking point yeah, I think it is. I think it's 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 more accepted to talk about these days, maybe. Yeah. But as far as, like, repping, like, where you came from, it's always been around. For sure. Yeah. Um, and you guys were talking before about, like, the internet being a way that you've, you know, reached a good level of popularity. Mm. Um, your Instagram is constantly popping off. You yeah. guys have some of the strangest and most <laughs> consistent content out of anyone I follow. Uh, how important do you think, that and your social media presence in general has been to your growing popularity oh it's really important i think because like i guess like our instagram it kind of shows not just the music but like actually like the people kind of we are in a way Mm. and it like it bridges from like oh they're just making music to like actually gaining a fondness of the people that are actually in the band also which is like i think it's kind of nice because usually it's just like, oh yeah, we're, most Instagrams, you're yeah, playing this festival, we're doing this, like we're just recording music. But if you actually show something funny and something more personal, it's something that like more followers and stuff can actually bridge onto and like connect with more and like better. So I think that's like a good like point that we've like taken with it as well. So Yeah, for sure. I, I reckon your popularity skyrocketed as soon as Connor ate that spider. Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was the big one. Yeah, for sure. that was a very big one. <laughs> content machine. Understand? <laughs> Do you think that both of your heritage has impacted the way that you approach the music that you guys are making? Yeah, I think so. Like, I like to, I like to like rep it and like talk about it. Like, my mum's Chinese. Like, I, like my upbringing is like slightly different, so I can like kind of like bounce off that. Yeah, I, I've never like really like taken that like fully like into account. Like, it's always just been like me personally just like oh just like writing music not like me dom as like um like korean and dutch like writing music you know so i guess that like i just like go with like what is whatever's happening type thing i know i, I don't really know like for sure i guess it's yeah. a weird question to ask when mm. it's probably just not something you really think about yeah, as yeah. you're doing it yeah yeah it's not it's probably more like a subconscious thing subconscious for sure than anything for yeah. sure and i mean you guys aside from sort of like having references and things to you know parts of your heritage and in, in your tunes there's no you know in comparison to other artists who are sort of maybe like making it a huge talking point for you guys it's not really yeah so that's yeah, fair yeah, to say. yeah 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 and on a bunch of your older tracks like doozy uh bill has used instruments and samples associated with like indonesian folk music um, was this a conscious decision by you guys, or as you said earlier, was that just because it was sort of on trend? Oh, it was it was it was pretty conscious. Like when we'd like sample search, we'd like search for like we'd you know type in like there's an instrument called like an erwe, which is like a Chinese like one string violin. So like Bill would like 
put the samples on his MPC and chop them up however way. And like, yeah, it, it, it was cool because like I can rep that and like talk about that. And then we get like, you know, like sword sound effects from like anime things and like chuck them over the top as well. And so like things like that and like it just makes it, it just makes it, you know, like it sounds like, is Oriental the word? Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> is that rude? Is Oriental a rude no, word? Not really. Okay. What's the type of what? What about when you have breakfast and they only have like it's like Oriental breakfast or like when you go to a hotel, continental? Oh, continental. <laughs> continental. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, yeah. So like, yeah. I, well, I always liked it. You know, like I can't speak for anyone, everyone in the band, but I, yeah, I like. I think that was a conscious decision. Yeah. No, I always did get that like kind of Oriental feel from it always, but like it was kind of nice. Like it was kind of like not like it was new for me like kind of refreshing to hear something a bit different as well and yeah do you reckon like with you guys especially being you'd be able to use an instrument like that and say that it's a part of your heritage muddy but if another group were to use that sort of instrument do you think there would do you would would you have a problem with that at oh all? not at all not i've at heard all. it like you know? a lot like, as well i just think it's like a, a cool sound and like if if you want to use like a cool sound like go ahead like it's mad yeah so when I don't, it, I don't like own that sound or anything. Yeah, well, that was my next question. When there's like a question of cultural appropriation with an instrument like that, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know. Everyone around the world uses drums, but like they have their own different types of drums. But then like drums are the basis of like any instrument band. So then I think it's like a pretty like multicultural type thing where like everything is like acceptable across everything. Because, you know, it's like yeah. if it makes a good sound, then like it's an appreciation of the sound. And it's like actually like I actually really like this sound and I'm going to use it because like it's like great. So right. it's not coming from a sense of like... Oh, I'm using it like from another culture type thing. Yeah, so, yeah, but also like I reckon like it's a big difference between like say like us people using like Oriental sounds compared to like people using like indigenous sounds or like like African culture. Like it's completely different because like we weren't oppressed in the same type of way. So we can like speak for the whole thing, but just personally like I don't care. Like you know what I mean? So yeah, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes yeah, that makes yeah, plenty yeah. of sense. This is Soulmates on Sneaker, the only place for chats about what our guests are loving on their feet. All right, and this is perhaps one of the most exciting moments of the show. Marty, Dom, what are you rocking? At the moment, I'm really kind of at like a, a fork of shoe wearing. Like, I don't know what I like What's anymore. What's a fork of shoe wearing? Like, I'm just at the T section. I'm just like, what do I wear now? I'm at the crossroads in my shoe experience <laughs> right now because... I got a lot of shoes, but they're all, like, wearing out. Like, I got a lot of tans. That's probably, like... I probably got, like, 10 or 11 pairs of tans. But, like... <laughs> so, like... But, like, they're all, like... All the soles are break Because, you know, they're from, like... Also from when I was, like, in high school and stuff. So, like... And it's kind of hard. And it's, like, now that they're all breaking and tearing up, it's, like, what do I... Do I want to oh. keep buying tans? Or do yeah. I want to, like, move into something else? Do I want to move into sketches? Who knows? You know, like... <laughs> I don't know. And also, I've I had a lot of 95s at one point as well. <laughs> Given the shift in Aussie hip-hop in the last 10 years or so, um, what does the future of Aussie hip-hop look like to you, do you reckon? I yeah. feel like it's going to get more and more international. I feel like the, the more the internet influences us and the more um, access we have to music as soon as it's released, you know, as soon as the song's up, you can hear it. And the better technology gets, like the, the world is going to 
have a more global sound of, and like more yeah i guess but like it's hard because like say you know there's so many artists that are going for niche sounds and as well and like cool different their own thing so it's like hard to hard to like put everyone in one box because it's such a a big genre and there's so many sub genres now as well and there's so many different ways you can do it so i feel like both it's going to get like more the same but also more different at the same time it would definitely be a lot bigger as well though i reckon because people well, yeah, will it's the biggest that, genre like. in the u.s at the yeah. moment and it's growing like exponentially like in australia as well right now so i think it will be like a lot bigger even like one of the biggest maybe so who knows yeah yeah would you say that with that sort of you know world influence and definitely the fact that more people are going to be making it would you say that it might not be aussie hip-hop anymore it will just like be hip-hop well I, I hope not like i hope like we still try to keep that like like quintessential australian feeling like in it you know what i mean um obviously i reckon there will be people who do diverge from that but you know i, I hope that it doesn't like you, you still have to like rep where you come from and like you know that type of stuff so what yeah. would you say that quintessential Australian feeling is? I feel like that that's kind of like no one's kind of figured it out. Yeah. So it's, like it's different so for easy everyone, to, you know. Yeah. So like, it's, yeah, it's so easy to like, you know. It's I I feel like we we have to figure that out, you know, as like what we're doing. Like we when that like that's our goal. Like we have to find out like what we stand for and like who we are and like what it means to be in Australia, like making music kind of thing. And I feel like we're slowly like that's what we're working towards and we're slowly getting there and kind of like figuring it like to be honest like i'm inspired by a lot of like cult classic australian films like you know the castle and like um what's another one i watched like candy and things like that and like movies like that because they're inspiring because they show how like australian directors and things like that picked up on australian culture and things like that and like it could be as simple as like the style of the backyard literally just lawn like as far as you can see and then like the clothesline and things like that like that that to me is like australian and and um the weird foods that they'll eat they're drinking like green cordial and like had like crackers this is in candy and had like crackers and like strawberry jam on crackers and i think that's pretty that that reminds me of childhood a bit, feeling, you know what yeah. i mean so like things like that th- those things they give me a sense of nostalgia of like my childhood and I, so like i think in our music we kind of try and capture a sense of nostalgia, whether it be about our childhood or, or a recent experience. You know, you try and capture, like, where you are in your own context as best as possible. Mm. So, yeah, we, I feel like, I always, like we always make a conscious effort to do that anyway. This is Shoutouts on Sneak Up. A time to get our fingers on the pulse. Cool, okay, and now we come to a time in the show that is definitely very exciting where we're going to be able to get an idea of what our interviewees think of the scene in general, who they're tapping as up-and-comers. So, Dom, Marty, this is shout-out, and uh, basically going to give me an idea on who you think is cool. Shout-out, one four. Shout-out, Nicky Leroy. Shout-out, Husky. Shout-out, Shadow. <laughs> shout-out, Chillin' It. Shout-out, Milan Ring. Sh- shout-out, uh, Suraj Mahal. Shout out Marty. <laughs> um, I got heaps more, so like apologies if I didn't. Shout out Tasman Keith. He's doing some like really big things, and like it's also really cool to see like something with such like high production quality, but also with such an important message behind it. And like I think that's really important to see. He released a single last year called My Polopolis, and like the first time I saw it, I got like goosebumps. 
and it's kind of just about like the mission he came from and like what life is like as like an indigenous Australian living like where he lives and it's just like a really powerful high energy and also like high production song and also like bangs heaps hard so it's like <laughs> ticks all the boxes for me yeah sick Dom shout out Nerve no for me yeah he's quite good man he's just like self-produced self-rap he's like one of the hardest spitters I've actually heard like he hits bar for bar even live and he sounds exactly like he sounds like when he's like on the track so it's like yeah really exciting to hear that yeah and I like his hair yeah his hair nice long <laughs> and curly nice it's good enough reason to be on there yeah. yeah cool if you guys want to check those people out I'm going to put some links to their bios and all that sort of thing in the description of the podcast so you can mm, check that cool. cool plug cool well Don Marty thanks so much for coming in mm, no, this thank was you. a fantastic episode of Sneak Up I really appreciate you guys for coming down can't wait to see what you guys got coming out in the next little while yeah, yeah. thank you man also off the back of our single that's being released we're going to have a have an Oz tour off the back of that details TBA yeah TBA <laughs> sweet thank you for having us so there you have it another episode of Sneak Up Dom and Marty from Triple One sure did have plenty of thoughts about the state of Aussie hip-hop's history, and Kaite was all about a culture of support. Would you agree with what they said? Make sure to suss them out on their socials, and while you're at it, chuck a follow to Platypus, at Platypus underscore sneakers, and Pedestrian TV, at Pedestrian TV. Be sure to tune in to the next episode in a fortnight, but till then, keep it sneaky. 